we still need you. We still need you. So, Father, we acknowledge that need and we humble ourselves before you. Lord, we understand that you have the answers and only you have the answers. You, God, are ordering our steps. And we know, God, we believe, God, that it's leading to someplace good. So, Lord, we turn our attention towards your word, oh God, for our desires to hear directly from you. And we know the surest way to know what you said is to understand what you said, to read what you said, to study what you said, to speak what you've said. So, Lord, I ask that you would get the man out of the way so that your words will go clearly to your people. For only you, Lord, have what it takes. Only you, Lord, know what they need to hear. Only you, God, can make the change in us. So speak this morning, God. Use these lips of clay for your glory. And we thank you, Father. Amen. 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 So, it's the first Sunday of the new year. And it happens to be the first day of the new year. And we still here. For everybody that thought they was going to die for New Year's Eve and then New Year's, then having to come to church on New Year's. We're still alive. How about that? Isn't God good? <laughs> I heard somebody say all the time. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Well, the one thing I love about our God is that our God is consistent. That he is who he is. And, and I love also that he's not making any apologies for who he is. I am who I am. I do what I do. And I don't have to explain it to you. Like, I respect that. I know some people might like, oh, well, he should tell me. Why? You ain't that smart. Even if he did explain it, you probably wouldn't understand anyway, so what's the point? Do you see the vastness of the, the universe? He created that. All the little pieces that have to come together for life to exist on this planet, he made that happen. So you really think if he explained to you everything he was doing, you'd understand? Come on. Come on. None of us are that smart. So whatever God is doing, God is doing. And either you believe him or you don't. Either you trust him or you don't. Now, one of the wonderful things is that he showed us, this is how I deal with y'all. From Adam and Eve to Noah and the ark to the nation of Israel, this is how I deal with y'all. So we're going to take a little look at Israel and Joshua in particular. Now, everybody know that Joshua was the leader that came after Moses. But Joshua was a little different than Moses. Moses cried and wailed and stayed in the gap for the people because he was just so concerned that they would make it in. He even asked God to take me, God, and spare them. Joshua was like, are y'all going to fight or not? 
Look, I know what I'm going to do. But what are you going to do? He had a little bit of a different attitude. And in the book of Joshua, we see them entering Canaan, conquering Canaan, and dividing the land in Canaan, which was the promised land. And then towards the end of Joshua's life, he left a message for the nation of Israel because he knew who they were. He knew how they acted. He knew how they acted. So he wanted them in the 23rd chapter of the book of Joshua. He, he called them to have courage and certainty to know what God was going to do. And in the 24th chapter, he gave them this address. Joshua 24.1. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before the Lord. He tells them how God directed them in their lives, that brought them to this place, how he worked with Terah, who was the father of Abraham. So even before the nation Israel was existed, God had already started a plan that would bring about these people. Then the Lord reminds them how he brought them out of Egypt. He reminds them how he opened up the Red Sea, how he protected them from the Egyptians. And then he reminded them, and then y'all had to live in the desert for a long time. We won't get into the details as to why you ended up in the desert for a long time, but you did. But then he showed them how God gave them victory over everyone that stood in their way. Because when God say he going to give you a thing, he going to give you a thing. When God says this thing belongs to you, this thing belongs to you. Then they, there might be giants, there may be armies, there may be someone that already have it. But when God decided that it's yours, it's yours. So we pick up in Joshua 24, verse 12. Because there's, there's, there's some stuff that goes along with that. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. But here's the focus for today. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors and worship beyond Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors you serve beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the first day of the year. And we can know for sure that some things you're still going to have to deal with, like Orange and Rockland Bill. He just keep coming every month, every month, every month. Nobody invited him to my house, Minister Jack, but he just keeps showing up anyway. That's going to keep happening. You're going to have to keep working. You're going to have to do something. <laughs> oh, Lord. Some of the things you want to keep happening and some things you don't, but something is going to happen. Now, these things will either help us to grow or keep us stuck. Now, growth or stagnation 
is actually determined by how you perceive and respond to the situation. Growth or stagnation is determined by how you perceive and respond to the situation. Now, how we perceive and respond to the situation depends on the God that we serve. How I see it and what I do about it will be determined by the God that I serve. So choose today what God you're going to serve. The title for today is Choose for Yourself. See, I, I realize as a pastor, I realize when we was deacons, because <laughs> throughout this entire Christian journey, when you've been called to help someone else, one thing you find out real fast is that you can't make anybody choose anything. Everyone must choose for themselves. Everyone has to decide which way I'm going to go. Because there's a fork in the road that we all get to. And only we can choose whether we go this way or that way. We make that choice. No one else. So let's get back to this. Who are you going to serve? First, let's understand all of us are built to serve. We are built to be connected to something. We attach to things. God made us that way. We are incomplete if we are not attached to something. So there's something I'm going to give my life to. There's something I'm going to promote. There's something that I'm going to make important for me, whether I want to or not. All of us as human beings need that point of reference. This is the thing that matters. So this thing matters, so everything else I do centers around the thing that matters. We all need that. Because have you seen anybody that's living their lives all willy-nilly? That don't seem like nothing matters? They, they all over the place. Most of the people like that, you just back up. I can't be around you because I don't know what you're doing. But when you know what a person's priorities are, you can kind of work with that because you know where they're going to go and you know what they're gonna, what they're gonna, how they're going to respond to certain things because these are their priorities. We all need that. But we get a chance to choose who we're going to serve. Hmm. And you know what? Our choices are the same as the ones as Israel. We can choose the God of the Bible. But the God of the Bible, the the God that created Adam and Eve, the God that created a male and a female, the God that said, don't do this, otherwise there's going to be consequences. We can choose to serve the God that says there is accountability for your actions. If I tell you to do something, I mean what I said. And if you don't do it, there will be consequences. I'm going to still love you, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences of not doing what I ask you to do. That God, that God who set things in motion that you ran away from me, but I'm coming to get you anyway. You did wrong and tried to hide, but I came and stepped into your situation, called you out on the thing that you've done and made a way in order for you to be covered and to actually have fellowship with me again. That God that said that no matter how much you try to run, no matter how much you try to get away, I'm not going to just let you go. I'm going to step into your situation, ask you some questions and see how you respond. 
And I know you can't save yourself, so I'm going to do some things to help you. That God. The God that when we all forgot about him, reintroduced himself. And when Moses asked him, well, who should I say? He said, I am that I am. That God. That's the one. The God of the Bible. That is like, you want to know my name? I am. That's my name. I'm the self-existing God. I've been around as long as there's anything been around. Nothing was before me and nothing that came after me came without my approval. That God. We can choose to serve that God who sits sovereign over everything and that when he says I am that you just add whatever else you need to that whatever situation and circumstance that you find yourself in you just add I am in front of it and he'll give you that thing he is that thing and there's the, the, last night the, the message was ask God for it but if you choose the God of the Bible, when he said, I am, then there's no limit. What is it that you need? What is it that you want? He is all of that thing, except for the bad stuff. Now, if you ask him for bad stuff, that's just silly. Stop it. Only, why, only ask for good stuff. Only ask for good stuff. And I know some of you, destroy my enemies. That's a good thing. No, it's not. We want the enemies of the Lord to be destroyed, not our enemies. Not always the same thing. The God of the Bible always sends a deliverer. The God of the Bible, if you choose to serve that God, then know that there is salvation for you. If you choose to serve that God, then you know that you don't have to save yourself. You don't have to figure out a way in order to get into his presence. He's already opened the door for you. He tore the, the temple curtain from the top to the bottom so that you can walk directly into his presence. That God, not the one that's trying to make you pay a price for everything that you've done wrong. There are consequences because of you've done something wrong, but he's not holding it against you. Where now you've got to try to make up for everything that has gone wrong that God see because you know there's some guys that's real petty they're going to do stuff because you did something they don't like now if you notice when God says that something is a sin everything that God says is a sin is because it is inherently bad for us God never called anything a sin just because it was just arbitrary but if you look at the essence of the things that he says not to do is because doing those things hurts us individually and hurts us as a community. Every single thing. So we serve a God that says, I know you're going to mess up, but I'm going to help you. I know you're not going to get it right, but I'm going to help you. I, I, I know, I know, I know that you get weak, you get tired, you get hangry, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to show you the way out. I'm going to give you what you need so that you can keep going another day. I, I was talking to Jay earlier, and he's like, things go bad, but we ain't going to have a bad day all day. We, we are the same mindset here. It, it, all right, it is what it is, but we're going to get through it, and I ain't going to be mad all day about it. 
We got too much stuff to do. We got too much life to live to spend all day mad about something. We show a God that demonstrates his power. You know, I, I love the idea of the supernatural, the thing that supersedes the natural. Water should not stand up like a wall, but our God can do that. Disease should not just go away at a word. But our God can do that. Blind eyes can't just be open at a touch. But our God can do that. A, a man can't just walk on water. But our God can do that. A man can't just speak to the wind and the waves. And the winds and the waves actually stop because he said be still. But our God can do that. We can't pull ourselves out of the darkness. But our God can do that. We can't establish a place for us to stand no matter what is going around and still be able to survive. But our God can do that. So that's the God you can choose to serve or the God of your ancestors. The things that have been passed down for generations. What your daddy said and what your mama said and that's the way my grandmama did it. Let me just tell y'all, as sweet as your Nana might be, don't mean that she is always right. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. Because some of you, like, Nana is sacred. If Nana said it, that's it. That's it. Nobody questions what Big Mama said. But your Nana can be wrong. Your Mama can be wrong. Your daddy can be wrong. Well, not often, but. (laughs) No, no, no. Your daddy can be wrong. And if you live long enough, you will realize he is wrong about some things. For sure. For sure. You can keep serving that God, though. Nope, my daddy said it. I can't do that because my daddy said it. My daddy, my daddy said it, so I got, no, I got to do that because my daddy said it. And it's like, but everything in your life is showing you that what your daddy said might have applied to his generation, but it don't apply to this one. <laughs> no. My dad gave me the word of God and he told me what the word of God meant. And I know it when he said it, that it was the word of God. According to his understanding, (laughs) according to his understanding, because when you're looking at the thing and it's like, dad, don't dad, do you dad, things have shifted, man. It's not like that anymore. But no, this is the way God wants it. But dad, it's not like that anymore. We're in a different culture. We're in a different time. Things, people think differently. Yes, there's a principle that translates, but the execution of that thing don't look like what it did when you was a kid. Mm. Mm. Or you can keep serving that God if you want to. Thoughts and feelings that we've picked up, whether they were taught to us directly or whether we just watched the attitudes and behaviors of the people around us, you can keep serving that God. 
Because it can become a God. You can become so attached to that thing that it determines what you think, what you feel, and how you behave. Those are the things that are your gods. Because this person always acted like this, so now I have that same attitude. And when I have that same attitude, now I'm behaving like everyone. Now that's my God because that determines my life. You can keep serving that God, but it is a choice. It is a choice. Mm. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Mm. You, you know that some people don't know how to talk to each other. But if you trace back their family, it's probably nobody in the family knew how to talk to each other. So when you're trying to have a conversation with them, then they can't talk to you because nobody in their family ever talked to anybody. I know there's people in my family that they speak loud, loudly. And I was speaking to one person in my family. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? And they said, I'm not yelling. I'm like, oh, yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. Why? Because everybody in their household, that was the volume at which they spoke to each other. So that yelling was that, who's yelling? That's just how we talk. You can keep serving that God if you want to. Because you think about it, you step outside of that environment, now you meet people who look differently or talk differently and say, hey, whoa, that's a little extra. And you bring that down. What do you mean bring it down? It's like, just because it's it's a little extra for me. So can you just bring that down? No, that's just how I talk to you. I'm just keeping it real. This is who I am. Dave Chappelle said that he did a skit a long time ago. It was when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> you can keep serving that God if you want to. The God that existed in your home but now should be different. You can keep serving that God if you want to. It is a choice, though. This is the thing, that those gods are actually connected to your old life. Your old life. As Israel was challenged by Joshua, all of those gods that he was telling them to put aside were connected to their old life. You can keep serving that God, but then you know that you're still living your old life. And like, no, pastor, I've chosen to, I've chosen to serve the God of the Bible. Well, how do you know that you actually have made that choice it's like well is your current life any different than the old life and you know we don't believe in new year's resolutions and minister candace sent me uh, a, a, a little uh, text message that said new year's resolutions are actually just the to-do list for the first week of january because <laughs> that's about how long most of them last If you have been changed, if your life has been changed, when you look at 2023 and what I want to see in 2023, then you should be looking back at 2022. And now you've seen some things I've got to do better. Because the new life has got to reflect a progressive movement towards um, holiness, towards righteousness, 
towards victory in Jesus. That's what the new life is supposed to project because you have different priorities now. The things that are important to you should have changed if you have a new life. You have different desires now. The things that you want, the things of God become something that matters to you. It's not so easy to ignore what the Bible says that God wants. Then you have different attitudes and behaviors. If you have been changed, then it's not as easy to act out as you did before. Your mind is no longer in agreement with every other thing that you used to do. You used to say, used to think, you don't do that anymore. There's a struggle if you've been changed. Because the truth is, you can't say you're a new creation if you're still acting like the old creation. There needs to be an actual demonstrable change. Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And, and I, I, I fight with people about this. I don't know why they fight with me about this, but they do. The word change means something is different. You cannot say that you have changed and everything is exactly the same. Seems like it makes sense, right? That seems really simple. But people, I changed, I changed, I changed. It's like, well, what's different? Nothing. So that means you're just saying words. And, and words have meaning. The word change means something is different. But if you are saved, if you have chosen to follow the God of the Bible, that means you are not the same as you were before. Now, I know that in the older generation, they may hear that a new creation, that means, okay, I stopped sinning. It's like, that's, stop that. That's, that's not true. You get saved, don't tell. I want to I meet the person that got saved and didn't sin anymore after that. I want to meet that person. I really do. Because I haven't met one yet. So obviously the new creation is not necessarily someone that I no longer just do everything that I did before. But no, the new creation is the one that has a new mind, a new heart, a new understanding of who God is. The one that was dead is now alive. The new creation is that you were dead and now that you are alive. This is how Christ became the first fruit. It's because he was dead and then he became alive. Now he is a man that was changed. Now I'm not saying he's not God. He is. He is still deity. But the creation, the first fruit, was a man that went into the grave and then came back in a resurrected body. That resurrected body is the thing that we will eventually experience. That will be the final change. But until then, hmm, our spirits was changed at salvation. That dead spirit that didn't respond to the things of God is now responding to the things of God. If there is no response in your spirit to the things of God, then you cannot say you have been saved. 
Before salvation, the things of God were not accessible to us. But after salvation, now we can touch the very spirit of God. And when the spirit of God touches us, we know that he's moving. When we know that we've been changed is that our hearts are being transformed. The person I was, the feelings I had before, the emotions I had before, now God is tempering and shaping and molding them into the person that he wants us to be. He's bringing us into the place where our feelings are in the same place where Christ was. You look at the lives of the apostles from the gospels to the epistles, you realize how they were changed. John, the son of thunder, became an apostle of love. Peter, who was impetuous and just always saying the wrong thing. If you read the, the Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd Peter, when you read 1st and 2nd Peter, when you read those epistles, you are like, that's Peter? That's the same guy that was always talking out of turn in the Gospels? But he grew and he changed because his heart was being changed. And our minds are renewed. As we study the word of God, this change that God has for us, he changes our minds. God changes our minds. See, our lives, we are born wired one way. That's our own personalities. But the things we experience actually shape the connections in our minds, those synapses that can get connected, those parts of our brain that it a path that traveled. The spirit of God changes our minds. He creates different paths in our mind. And because he creates those different paths, we get an opportunity to choose. Now, the one that we've always traveled become the easiest one to go down. But there is a choice. When you have the spirit of God, there is a choice. We are something new. We are so. See, this is when it's appropriate to say, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm something new. (laughs) I know I'm something new. I know I'm something new. I had that something new tested and I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing, devil. I see what you're doing, devil. You're trying to bring back bad Anthony. I, I know. I see, I see what you're trying to do, devil. But I'm not giving you that victory because my mind has been changed. And I know that I'm something new. I know that I'm not what I was before. Now, I still got to work out some of them rough ages. <laughs> and, and, and with the help of the Lord and my family and those that love me, I'm going to work those things out. Because this is the thing is that that new person, minister, lives in the old flesh. That, that new person still got to live in this old flesh. And, and guess what? The new person and the old flesh are not friends. So that means that's like living with a bad roommate. <laughs> so so you, you got this person in your house who you really can't stand, but you can't just kick them out. So now you got to deal with them. <laughs> oh, 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 Lord. Oh, Lord. So the new person has got to become too big to push so that that flesh doesn't get in the way. 
And as, as we were taught is that you were actually built for this. This is you were created for this. You were created to be able to withstand these things that are pushing against you. God has made it this way that you are already victorious. You've already been freed. You've already been delivered. You've already been healed. That is yours as a child of God. You just need to claim that thing for yourself. Because we're going to fight with this thing. We're going to fight with this flesh until this perishable puts on the imperishable. That's just how it's going to happen. It's not a, something that's going to happen overnight. I've been at it for a while. Pastor D been at it for a while. Mother Allen been at it longer than that. And we still got some stuff we got to do. We still got, and, and Mother Allen be the one to tell you, ain't nobody wonderful, but, wonderful but Jesus. So, so, so the rest of us have to deal with the fact that we ain't all that wonderful, but we still going to have to fight our way through. But this is it. This is the conclusion of the message. Choose your God. See, because all of that does, none of that matters until you choose your God. And you get to choose your God. This is not something that a God that's being forced on you. There may be the gods that's in the land that you're in. It may be the gods that came from where you came from. It may be the gods that you created for yourself. But you get to choose your God. If you're going to live that life of of victory, if you're going to live the life the way that God wants you, you've got to choose for yourself. You can't blame the pastor. You can't blame your mother, your father, the neighborhood, your boss, what happened and what didn't happen. You get to choose for yourself what God you're going to serve. So you can keep going down the same path of the, the, the negative, the hard, the dark. You can keep going down that path and make those things your God. Because you can make hate your God or you can make joy your God. It's up to you. Which God will you choose for you? You can make joy your God, or you can make depression your God. You get to choose. You can make hostility your God, or you can make peace your God. You get to choose. But choose for yourself. For yourself. If you're trying to wait for the perfect situation to come around where everything comes together, and now I have peace now. Now I have peace. No, peace means you stop fighting. So if you're going to have real peace, choose peace. Choose the God that gives you peace. Choose the God that promotes peace. Choose the God that empowers you to live in peace, to fight even when everybody else is trying to fight with you. You can stop because the God that you chose is the one that will help you. Choose for yourself, though. Choose for yourself. You can sit around all day talking about how, how the pastor didn't do this and the pastor didn't do that and this one didn't do and my wife didn't do that and my husband didn't do that and my kids didn't do this and my kids didn't do that. You can say that all day long, but you get to choose for yourself what God you're going to serve. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And nor can you make someone choose their God no matter how much you love them. No matter how much you care for them, no matter how much it makes you crazy that they're choosing the wrong God, but they got to choose for themselves. They got to choose for themselves. And at one point you back up and say, God, is there something I can do to help? If there's not, then Lord, I'm just continuing to put them before your throne. 
continually to put them before your throne. Father, you know. Father, you know. I'm asking you to intervene. I'm asking you to touch them. God, only you can help them. Only you can save them. Only you can free them. Only you can deliver them. Help them to choose you, God. That's what you do. That's for everybody else. But what about you? What about you? Which God have you chosen for yourself? It's like, Pastor, I chose the Lord Jesus. Then where's the change? Where's the change? When you ended 2022, was it any different than the ending of 2021? What, is your, what are you looking for in 2023? What aspirations do you have for 2023? Or is it just going to be another end of the year? Well, this is January 1st. Choose for yourself what God you're going to serve. Who's going to be your God this year? Who's going to determine your thoughts, your feelings, your actions this year? Who's going to determine your destiny this year? Choose for yourself what God you're going to serve. Bow your head.